in my in my old life, I had all these abilities that I could enjoy with my mates, with the world. And then after my accident, all those abilities have been taken away from me. And I I saw that as the that was going to be my life, and I wasn't going to be enjoy, able to enjoy my life at all because I can't go down to the park and kick my footy. I can't go to the tennis court and 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 play tennis with you know with my mates. Motorbike ride, I couldn't I couldn't ride any motorbikes anymore. When I had my accident, my life stopped, but everyone else's life kept going. Everybody else was still on their lives and and still growing up the way they always were meant to grow up. And I was still stuck in 2008. And it wasn't until I went overseas that I that I left that life behind. That, friends, was Scott Harris. And this is the Euphoria Health Podcast. Howdy, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Euphoria Health Podcast. For anyone that may be tuning in for the first time, firstly, welcome along. I can't wait to jump on this wild ride with you. Secondly, my name is Matt Sapala, and I am your host. I'm a qualified personal trainer, and I'm currently completing my Bachelor in Health Science, majoring in Nutritional Medicine. I have a deep passion for movement, sustainability, plant-based nutrition, and longevity. I aim to educate and empower you to make healthful decisions each and every day, decisions that add years to your life. In saying that, I don't want to be someone that promotes quick fixes. I want to be your only fix. I'm so pleased to bring you this week's special guest, friends, one of the most inspiring individuals I have ever met and his name is Scott Harris. Scott is a well-renowned keynote speaker, he's an author, and he's an expert in resilience. When Scott was in his early 20s, he went out dirt bike riding on what was a normal summer's day. Little did he know that this day would change his life forever. Scott was involved in a horrific accident that resulted in multiple physical injuries, one of which included paralysis from shoulder to toes on the right side of his body. Scott explains the impact these injuries had on him both physically and mentally in depth during today's episode. Scott uses his experience battling through this traumatic period of his life to help inspire others to not take life for granted and to really chase their dreams. I recorded this podcast mid-2021 during the peak of the pandemic down here in Melbourne and in Australia and I guess all over the world for actual fact, but it doesn't take away the impact that this episode has. This man is truly inspiring and I hope you guys enjoy the show as much as I did. I'll see you guys on the other side. Scott Harris, welcome to the Euphoria Health Podcast, mate. Good I how are you doing? I'm good, mate. I'm so stoked to to have you on the show. I was introduced to you by a mutual friend of ours, Dale Sidebottom. So shout out to you, Sidey, if you're listening. Yeah, it's um, yeah. He he. I uh, was on his podcast uh, about a month ago. We uh, we connected, and yeah, he was great, awesome bloke. Yeah, he's an absolute legend, and I I've listened to that podcast as well as read a, a lot of things about your story, Scott. And it's you know it's touched my heart. It's so inspiring to see the resilience and see the strength in adversity, which is can be re- related to what a lot of people are going through at the moment with the whole COVID situation, just in different different situations. But 
I know you had a significant accident that, you know, changed your life forever. But before we dive into that, I'd love to talk a little bit about what was life like for Scott Harris growing up to paint the picture. Life growing up. So I, 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 I frame it as my old life. You know, there's the, there's the new life and the old life. So in, 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 in Scott's old life, he was, uh, let's go right back to, uh, to the teenage years. He, he, his first job at McDonald's uh, and then he worked there for five years, uh, completed school, uh, went off to uh, university and did a, a diploma in uh, digital graphics. Um, and then, I oh know, sorry, it wasn't university. I say that it was, it was, it was an academy. It was, it was schooling, uh, extended schooling, I guess. Uh, then I, after I finished that course, I wanted to, uh, well, the dream was to work for Pixar. Uh, never, never, never eventuated, obviously, uh, because of the, I wish I had the mindset that I, that I have now to pursue something like that because back then it was just a dream and it looked like a very, very, very unrealistic dream. And as unrealistic as it, as it might be, the, the unrealisticness of it just deterred me 100%. And that, that just really, it kind of made me disinterested in that whole industry because it was, it, it was like looking at Mount Everest and thinking, of how hard it's going to be to get to the top and just not even bothering doing it because, um, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't think you can do it. So I, I quit that. Uh, and then I was unemployed for about six months. Uh, and then I started an, an electrical apprenticeship uh, with my, uh, with, with my brother's company. Started doing that and I got two and a half years through the apprenticeship. And that, look, honestly, I, I think anything we do in life, we, even if it wasn't our, 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 our dream, even if it wasn't our purpose, even if it wasn't the thing that we grew up wanting to do, whatever it is, you can find your own fun in that. And I ended up, I ended up loving the electrical the electrical industry you know it wasn't the getting under the houses that was that was that was awesome it was more the 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 camaraderie of of working with blokes on site you know you're working um working yeah crawling under houses is is crawling under houses and buildings is not not the most enjoyable but when you sit down at smoko and have a have a good laugh and have a have a have an awesome chat with the with a great bunch of blokes it really it, it was awesome. It really made me feel really good to be in that connection industry. element, isn't it? Hundred percent, hundred percent, and and that was that was what sort of what what turned me on a lot about that industry. Um, uh, and I guess it would be it, it would be the same with 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 any trade. Um, I just I just I just got I just fell into electrical. So that was uh, that was when I was twenty from about twenty year eight age 20 to 23 uh, or 21 to 23. And then on the 15th of November, when I was 23, 2008, I was involved in a dirt bike accident and I was walking down a path. I was walking down a path in life and it was honestly like the, the changing of a camera angle in a movie and boom, I was on a different path. 
and that new path was 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 a million miles away from my other path you know my family my friends weren't on this path with me they were there right beside me but they were a million miles away and that that took me years to overcome uh, and that's that's that I went after the accident look I didn't go after the accident my brain I uh, I had had bad um, severe brain damage and my brain for about a year and a half didn't uh, sorry I'd say for about six months to a year didn't really grasp what was happening to me and the 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 state that my life was in and I when I sort of started to come to it I then started to uh, go through depression and that that just kept going down and down and down and down and till I hit rock bottom and then made my way back up thank thank thankfully uh, but it was it was it was it was a good good year that I was that I was down in the dumps and that life just wasn't you know wasn't looking like it was going to be enjoyable at all not one bit enjoyable and that was really 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 tough on my family on my friends and on myself um although i you know i wasn't 100% aware of what it was doing to everyone else um it was just you know it was just saying that just the journey that i went through which was really really tough but you know i i i i made my way back and then once i once i'd come back i then set out to achieve a goal that i had uh, which was to go overseas and go traveling with all my all my disabilities and i wanted to go to canada to help out which help out a, a group over there just a disabled group um on the snow which was uh which was the turning point that i had back in back in australia and i did that ended up doing that but i ended up actually staying overseas for 18 months i went to two different mountains in two different snow seasons at um at at canada and helped out two different disabled groups and then i traveled europe for about seven months and returned home with a completely different outlook on life and a completely different different um outlook on my abilities and how i how i what i can do and what the human body can do and what my brain is actually capable of you know because all the way through my accident there was not necessarily from people telling me this but this was the general general consensus that i was disabled i had a brain injury i had to take it easy i couldn't do x y and z because of my um, quote unquote disability and then once i left australia which which people didn't want to happen and then i didn't expect that i would last even more than three months um that was not that was other people not me uh, and then returning 18 months later it just showed more so myself what what i can do and what i'm capable of and then you know after i got home i started doing property development and that didn't go you know, went somewhere but i didn't go exactly um didn't carry on from one one uh, one project that i had 
And then I started, you know, I, 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 I started sharing my story and, you know, that's where we find ourselves today. I've now written a book, um, have a podcast, have my own podcast and, uh, and yeah, I'm a, I'm a motivational speaker that uh, speaks to, I speak to all ages, um, prominently high school students. And I've now got a, now got a program with my, with my book that is taught in high schools, which is awesome, which is, you know, it's, it's just to, sh- to, to think that my story ha- can be helping so many people is just amazing. Absolutely. You know, I'm just humbled to, to, to be in this position. It's incredible, Scott. And like you've, you've gone through your, your whole journey in about five minutes and there is so much more to your incredible story to that. And I'd love to unpack a little bit more backtracking a little bit to the day yeah, that yeah. changed your life forever. Like what, what happened? What injuries did you sustain from this, this accident? And, and talk to us a little bit about the process from, you know, living your quote unquote normal life as a 23 year old to suddenly having your, your life, you know, press pause for a minute. Yeah, well, okay. So the accident on the day was a, uh, it was a, it was a, from what I'm told, it was a sunny day. Uh, it was a, on the 15th of November and it was in 2008. And I was dirt bike riding with, um, with, with a group of mates. There was five of us and we're on a, on a property uh, here in, here in Victoria in Melbourne. Uh, and it was quite a large property and, I had a head-on with uh, with one of my best mates, and when I say head-on, I mean we 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 hit head-on, like our wheel, our front wheels collided, and you can see you can see uh, the shape of his wheel in my wheel. That's how that's how that's how in line we were, and I. In the in the uh, in the accident, I was forced over the handlebars, and I. From what I'm told, uh, I I hit my head on his handlebars. Now, if you know know what a motorbike helmet looks like, you've got a peak and you got a um, you got a visor. So you got a, a peak and a face guard, but in between that, adjust your goggles. And that was where I I I I headbutted his handlebars, which did incredible damage to my face and to my brain. Um, I. I requ- after I required a facial reconstruction, and they put eleven plates onto uh, onto my skull, just to to patch it back up, and to hold it together, which you know they haven't obviously haven't taken them out, uh, so they're all all still sitting there. Uh, I broke uh, broke C five and six vertebrae in my neck. Uh, I needed a halo for two and a half months. Uh, I also from the brain damage, so I damaged the left side of my brain, which has affected the, the right side of my body. And that's got, so I've got paralysis from the, from my shoulder to my toe and my, 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 my right arm has severed, severed three nerves in it. So that the, 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 the movement that I have in that is very limited. And I, I've had six operations on the arm so far in the, you know, in the last 10 years. And I, you know, every operation gets that little bit more movement out of it, but I'll never be able to use that arm uh, any more than a practical way. So in any more than doing things like holding 
the grocery, my grocery bags, um, holding a piece of bread to stabilize it while I butter it, uh, tying up my shoelaces ever so slowly. Uh, so it'll be, never be a functional, really, really functional hand. Uh, then I, so um, that was, that was uh, from the brain damage and the seven nerves. And then I also from the brain damage, I've now got double vision. So I need to wear glasses and that's called, uh, uh, that's called diplopia. It's um, I guess when you, when you when your eyes, when your eyes uh, um, are looking different ways. Um, that, uh, what else happened? Uh, I was in, you know, after, after, after the accident, I was, uh, I was in a coma for two, uh, for th about two and a half weeks. And then I was in hospital for six months. And then I was in rehab for three years. I was at rehab learning how to use my body and my brain again. And then once I left rehab, I then started rehab out in the community, which is where I still do it. So, you know, where I still do it to this day. Scott, I'll just stop you there. And talking about yeah, the rehab process, I know we had a, a really great conversation prior to pressing record about how rehab changed your life and, and the connections you made and how rehab, the, the goal setting element to rehab sort of, you know, gave you purpose. What did the rehab process consist of for you? Obviously, you sustained some, some incredible injuries that, you know, both take a toll mentally, physically. How did that rehab process go from getting you to in a coma to walking and talking and having the impact that you do today so i the 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 the, the therapies i had every day when i was in so i was an inpatient there uh, for for six months that was the that was the hospital i was in uh, as an inpatient and i was doing 25 hours of therapy a week there uh, i was doing uh, two hours of physiotherapy uh, an hour of occupational therapy, uh, an hour of, um, of um, exercise physiology, uh, an hour in the workshop uh, using, using my hands, an hour of speech pathology. And I was also in the hydro pool um, trying to work on my, uh, on, my, on my balance. So that was, that was 25 hours a week when I was in there. That was for six months. Now that's, that was literally a full-time job. Yeah. Now, that was that was literally like you get up for work on, on 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 Monday morning, you go home, you go home from work on Friday afternoon. Exactly the same. Um and that was that was really that was just so tolling on my body. Now it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't easy work and especially with a, a broken broken brain to the to the extent that mine was it was it was uh it was a struggle every single week uh, but i made it through that which was good and then i once i was once i got once i finished at uh at, um finished as an inpatient i then started uh started my outpatient journey which was um which i was going back to the rehab uh, I was going back there uh, three days a week for 12 hours, 12 hours a week. So I basically cut it in half and that was for three years. Uh, and that was also still doing the occupational therapy, the exercise physiology, the physiotherapy, the speech pathology, the hydro. Um, that was still doing all that. Um, and it's just sort of um, at the very start, they hit you hard and then it goes, just keeps going down and down and down and down. And, you know, 12 years later, it's now at the point where I'm just doing physiotherapy. 
uh, and I've just finished with my with my um, with my hand therapist, um, and I there's a plan to I'm going back to see my plastic surgeon in December. Uh, there's a plan to possibly do another another operation on my arm to get more movement out of it, which wow. will then in turn mean that I'll go back to hand therapy for another six months to uh, to try and get that operation uh, get that working with the so the operate the 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 damage that I've done to my arm is not like um, it isn't like isn't like a broken bone or a torn muscle or you know, a torn ligament. It's 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 much much worse. It's a it's a torn nerve, and nerves don't regenerate. They don't once you've broken it. It's like a, an electrical cable. Once you've cut it, it's it, the power's gone for good. So it is then um, then you have to get a get another nerve and plug it into the nerve that uses that muscle. So for example, uh, I've got um, on my hand, so two of my fingers, my, my little finger and my, um, and my um, sorry, my, my thumb and my index finger were originally numb. And then my uh, other four fingers, they had, um, they had feeling in them. The plastic surgeon took the, the nerve from the outside of my uh, index finger Oh, sorry, outside of my ring finger and the inside of my pinky. And he's attached that to the thumb and the index finger. So now when I now when I when I when I squeeze my thumb, I can actually feel like I don't feel that in my thumb. I feel that in the uh, in the in the in the in the pinky and the ring finger. That was a very, very hard, very hard to explain to you. Uh, did you understand that? Yeah, absolutely. very hard to explain without showing, without showing you what uh, what what showing my, you my hand. So normally, when I tell people that story, I, I all I have to do is show them my hand and point here, <laughs> point there. That's Never cool. actually described it. So if you understood that, good on you. No, you did a great job. That's that's incredible. Like the physical toll that rehab took, and still to this day, like the, to see the progressions that you've made. Like from, it's very almost debilitating learning how to walk and talk again, and then you, you to this day where you're only focusing on physiotherapy and rehabbing certain elements. Of your body is a true testament to yourself and your hard work that you've put into that, and obviously the support you had around you. I'd love to zoom in on your mindset during this period where you were undergoing the full-time rehab process. What was your mindset like? You sort of touched on it before how there was elements of depression creeping in. How was this playing a toll on your, your progress? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'll, I'll quickly go back to the, uh, back to the accident. One thing that I, that I, that I, that I didn't mention, which will, I'll just do a, have a little bit of conversation about that. I, when I had my accident, so the so the last day of my old life that I remember was actually on the thirtieth of oh, sorry the first of November. I was at the spring racing carnival at um, at Flemington here in here in Victoria, and that's a horse racing event for anybody that uh, that doesn't know. Uh, so I was at that carnival, and that was the last day that I remember. And then it was literally like, it was, it was like somebody clicked their fingers and I woke up and I was in a hospital bed and, and it was, and it was a month later. Right. And that was, so that the two, the two weeks prior to my accident 
I suffered what's called retrograde amnesia. So when when a football player gets hit and gets concussed, they 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 suffer a mild traumatic brain injury, and they will they. You'll often hear people say, yeah, "I was, you know, I, I remember getting up that morning, and then all of a sudden I was, you know, it was it was night time, and they 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 don't remember anything from that whole day because they had retrograde amnesia before their before their concussion." So I had I had three uh, two and a half weeks of retrograde amnesia, and then after after the accident, I ha- I went through what is called which every single uh, brain injury goes through it. It's called post-traumatic amnesia. So it's basically when your brain is starting to boot back up, like like a like a PC when you when it turns on, uh, it goes through all of its all of its um, starting phase, and then it finally logs in, and finally you can start using it. Well, that was that's what PTA is, and I went uh, I went through about a month of that. So. In that month, I was I was had to take had to take really good care of my brain, and um, so that it wasn't getting scrambled at all, and wasn't getting too much stimulation. Uh, so that took uh, so that was so that was one yeah one thing I one thing I um I uh, I missed out when I was talking uh, when I was talking uh, when I told my story. Uh, the next uh, the next next uh, for the next uh, six months it was it was okay. My mindset was. I, I kind of, uh, when I was in PTA, I will go back, sorry. When I was in PTA, my brain was that bad that I didn't realize. I just thought that I, I had a little accident like I had in the past, you know, broken a few bones in the past. I just thought it was going to be exactly the same. And I didn't grasp the, the enormity of it. And I just thought I was going. I was I was off work early, and I was going to go back to work in the new year. And then when the new year came around, I wasn't back at work. I was still in hospital. I was still in hospital. I was going to be there for another five months. And then you know, and then once I got out of hospital, I thought that things were going to start to get better. And I didn't realize that I was still in there. You know, three years later, and that. When I finally came to the realization, um, you know, after the, after the six months, six to, uh, six to twelve months, that was when the, the the mindset started to go down, and the mindset was that I've got I've now I, I in my in my old life I had all these abilities that I could enjoy with my mates with the world. And then after my accident, all those abilities have been taken away from me. And I, I saw that as the, that was going to be my life. And I wasn't going to be enjoy, able to enjoy my life at all because I can't go down to the park and kick the footy. I can't go to the tennis court and, 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 and play tennis with, you know, with my mates. I can't go to the driving range. I can't go on the golf course. Um, and I couldn't do all these things that they could do motorbike ride i couldn't i couldn't ride any motorbikes anymore uh, and i saw that uh, I, I saw that when i had my accident my life stopped but everyone else's life kept going everybody else was still on their lives and and still growing up the way they always were meant to grow up you know getting married building houses doing all this stuff and i was still stuck in 2008 and it wasn't until 
I went overseas, that I, that I left that life behind. And when I returned home with a completely different mindset, um, it, was, it, was, it was just really, really, really refreshing. What elements, uh, zooming in on overseas, what elements on your overseas experience gave you perspective and changed your, your mindset when coming home? So when you, if, uh, if any of the listeners have, listeners have been traveling before, you, they'll know that, you know, when, you, when, you, when, you're, over, when you're overseas, you, you've, got, you've got no one else to rely on, especially, look, if you're traveling solo, if you're traveling solo by yourself, which was my aim and my goal, you've got nobody else to rely on except yourself. When I was at home, I had so many people to rely on. If I want, you know, I was, I was, it was only, uh, it was only a couple of years prior to me going overseas that I was still living at home. And I, 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 mum did everything for me. Mum did absolutely everything for her little, her little baby, baby, baby boy. You know, um, I didn't have to lift a finger at all. My rehab, they did a lot of things for me. I didn't really have to lift a finger there at all either. Um, and all these things have been, have been handed to me, which for, 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 for good reason, because I wasn't able to get, get them myself. But when, you know, and, and look, when I was, when I was, um, when I was back at home uh, through, in my recovery, whenever I had a problem, Whenever I had a had a hiccup and something something wasn't going right, I'd be straight on the phone to mum and dad to sort it out to fix it up. You can't do that when you're when you're overseas. You know, I I, I did I, I did at points make contact back home, but for 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 most of the time, when you when you get when you get um, when you get snagged, when you're going through another country and they don't speak your language, all you have to, all you have is yourself to rely on and you've got to figure it out. And that, that just having 18 months of that, of figuring stuff out by myself was just a game changer, an absolute game changer, because that gave me confidence in my ability to actually wipe my own ass instead of letting other people do it for me. So that was that was I guess how the how the how the how the traveling experience helped me, and that's how the traveling experience helps a lot of people, um, and it really does. Um, it helps people. It doesn't matter if you've gone through an accident or not, like I have, or any trauma. For anybody, it helps you grow up. It helps you grow up, and it helped me grow up tenfold. Yeah, I could not agree more with you there, Scott. Like. You that must have been a huge item ticked off your bucket list and, and a sense of independency. And you t your words were that it gave you purpose as well, like fulfilling these goals. Like I, I couldn't imagine the magnitude that that must have had on, on your life. You, I want to talk about the process of getting towards this goal of going overseas and living out that independency. Obviously, the rehab process was quite grueling for a number of years and, and still playing a, a big part in your life at the moment but how did goal setting and setting goals help you ultimately achieve this this big goal of of going overseas and and working with with the disabled group in Canada and, and then living out the independency traveling as well 
So when I was in, when I was going through depression in 2010, yeah, 2010, I, my rehab asked me if I wanted to, uh, if I wanted to uh, go up to the snow with, with, with her and a group that, that she went up with. It's called Disabled Winter Sports Australia. And they help, they help people like myself go up and enjoy the snow and, and they can get anybody on the snow and you just have to, uh, you just have to trust them. And, um, and I was a bit, a bit hesitant to go up there because I didn't really you know. I was, I was in this mindset that I was, life was a disaster and, and, and it was a very, very, very fixed mindset. And I could not see that anything was gonna, gonna change. And I went away on, went away to the snow and this weekend uh, it completely, completely changed my my perspective on my abilities and it turned that mindset into into a growth mindset and look you know after one weekend at the snow I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't um I wasn't um I wasn't very very comfortable on the snow but it it showed me that I had there was all I had to do was work work on that skill and I could improve it. So over the next, over the next couple of years, I, I, I worked on this skill of, of snowboarding and I, my goal, once I got, once I, once I finished at the snow that weekend was to, I got home and I wanted to go over to Canada to help disabled people on the snow, like I had been helped in Australia. And so, so over the next couple of seasons, I, I got, I got more confident on the snow and then I, I made my way over to Canada and they absolutely loved the fact that this uh, uh, quote unquote disabled guy came from Australia to help out their adaptive group over there. And, um, and that was, you know, there was, um, I got, you know, I got a free season pass out of it um, and I made a really a really good group of uh, a really good um, group of friends there, which was just fantastic. And you know, these are people I talk about them a lot in my book, and I uh, also I I also stay in contact with these people, even to this day I stay in contact with them, uh, which is you know that's um, a really uh, a good thing that I've taken away from the trip um where was i going with that story yes yes i think goal, goal setting and how that impacted oh, goal, yeah. the process it. so yeah so come back again <laughs> listeners are probably thinking your listeners are probably thinking this guy's all over the show <laughs> no i love it um, it's um painting a really good picture and, and tying everything together uh so so when i got back from that trip um i set the goal to go overseas to canada and what that goal did was it when I was prior to going away on that snow trip, I was finding myself going around in circles a bit, right? Uh, I was, yeah, I had the goals through rehab, learning to walk, learning to talk, learning to do this, learning to do that. I had these goals that I was accomplishing, but there was no big grand goals, no long-term goals that were really going to make me really, really happy. So after I got, got home from that trip, I set the goal to go overseas. And what that did was it gave me a purpose. 
to get up every single day and put in 110% effort because that was where I was heading towards. Um, I, I was no longer going in circles. I was actually on the road to going, going somewhere. And I, in the next, after that trip, in the next two and a half years, I became absolutely obsessed. I was, the only thing I had in my head was I was going to Canada. I was, you know, I was, I was, I was became fixated on this idea, which is, which is actually a, uh, sometimes a downfall to a brain injury is that I do become fixated and I, I hate letting things go. Uh, and this, this trip, I didn't want to let go. And I, every single thing I did in therapy was focused on this goal. So that was my physiotherapy. Everything I did in occupational therapy was focused on that goal. Everything I did in speech pathology was focused on that goal. Everything I did in the workshop and all of the rehab that I was doing was focused on that goal. When I wasn't at rehab, I was either down the gym doing exercises that I had that I'd researched that would help me snowboard in Canada. Or I was down at the park helping me uh, helping me um, doing my my doing my leg exercises because I knew I'd be backpacking. I knew I'd be walking a lot, making sure that I was able to walk and run the best I could. Um, because when I was my imagination was when I was over in Canada, I would need to I would need to to use my legs and I would need to use my body. And if I wasn't doing that, I was probably at home, you know, playing a brain game on my phone to try and improve my brain um, or doing exercises that my psychologist had given me um, to help me with my, help me with my social anxiety. Uh, so everything I did, absolutely every single thing that I did was focused on that one goal. And that was what the purpose was. So that was, that was, that just pulled me, that pulled me slowly, but it, it gradually pulled me out of depression um, quite well um, because I no longer was focused on all the things that I don't have in life. I was now focused on the things that I do have and the, and the, and the, and the direction that I was going. So yeah, that was how, that was how goals really helped me um, overcome some, some challenging times. Definitely, mate. And like, it's, it's easy for me to say, but goal setting has impacted my life in, in a huge way, but zooming back in on your life, it, it almost gave you this shifted your mindset from this accident happening to you to happening for you and utilizing the the mindset to accomplish all these goals and not as a as a barrier to why you can't do it just you know focusing on the on the things that you can do and it's incredible to hear this so congratulations on everything you've achieved thanks, mate. mate it's remarkable yeah thanks thanks and look it's also it's also um when 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 I got back the when I got back from the trip overseas the the gratitude that I felt uh, for everything that had happened to me in the past and that's going all the way back to the gratitude I hold for actually having the accident um, maybe not all of the bad things that have happened but I, from it but I'm, I'm 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 so grateful that I've been able to turn my life around and from the position that I was that I was in um, because of the, the people I've had around me and the, and the rehab that I've been able to experience. And 
now it's just that now it's about finding i find try and find gratitude in absolutely everything that i do you know i've got so many things that i don't have in life you know i don't have basically don't have the use of um the 100 percent use of half of my body the left side of my body oh sorry the right side of my body um but i'd still have the 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 full use of my left side which means that you know, I'm, 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 I'm 100% independent, which means I can go and backpack around the world by myself. I can, I can, I can drive a car by myself. I can, I can do all these things by myself and I don't have to rely on anybody. And that's not to say that anybody that anybody, anybody that's in a wheelchair has to rely on other people. But for me, I, I, I just am grateful that, that that's not even doesn't even have to be an option i don't have to rely on anybody now for the rest of my life and that's just makes me feel so blessed that it wasn't any the accident wasn't any worse than it was uh, you know because a little bit to the left a little bit to the right and it could have been 100 percent different and i could either be standing here with a completely able body standing here with a completely disabled body or not standing here at all so i'm really you know, really grateful for for everything that I've uh, been able to experience. To even hear the word grateful come out of your mouth with such adversity happening happening for you is is remarkable, and it shows that your mindset. I'd love to talk a little bit about resilience and and what this word resilience means to you now. Resilience, uh, it means. Um, look, I. I resilience means looking forward and not back you can't change the past so don't even try um you can't uh you can't change the past you can only look forward to the future i've had so many people sell me ask uh, ask me you know would you go back and change change you know change your life um not have not have had the accident and i say no i wouldn't because it's not a realistic question um it's i'm never going to change the past so all I can do is focus on the present and what's ahead in the future. And this is where mindfulness comes into um, uh, comes into, into into play a bit. Is that you know mindfulness not look mindfulness isn't looking at the future, but it isn't looking at the past. It's looking at the present moment and putting uh, putting putting the rest of uh, the rest of your life to the side and focusing on um, on the on the on the moment that you were experiencing right in this second so that's what yeah that's i guess what resilience uh means to me um what else do i have to say about resilience yeah no i'm stuck i think give me, you, some, give me some words to say i think you said it beautifully resilience is is looking forward and not looking backward and it's a true testament to everything that you've accomplished from the word resilience and everything that you've put in play is is incredible Scott, you, you touched on it before. You've got a podcast. You've got a book. You're doing a public speak. You are a public speaker in a, in a normal world, a quote-unquote normal world, which is something we're all craving at the moment. Where can people get in contact with, with you and find your book and also listen to some of the content that you, that you have um, retelling your, your story? I've got, uh, I've got uh, so my podcast is on, on my website. Everything you can find is on my website, uh, www.scottbharris.com.au. And then if you, want to, uh, if you want to follow me on social media, all social medias, I'm uh, 
the injured brain. So just type in the injured brain uh, or one word and you'll find, you'll find me uh, on Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Um, yeah, that's where, that's where you can find me and everything, everything else you'll find on my website. And I'll have all those links in the show notes for you guys. Scott, this has been an absolute pleasure, mate, having you on the show. I've um, been inspired by your journey and I've taken a lot out of just you reciting this to me. So firstly, thank you so much for that. I'd love for you to take the floor and give us a little bit of Scott Harris wisdom before we wrap up the podcast, if you have anything else to add. Uh, okay. Uh, life is... <laughs> Life is extremely short. You're never going to know when it's over. Uh, so when it's when the when the, when the time's coming, uh, so live in the moment, looking forward. Never ever ever live in the moment, looking backwards. Beautifully said. What a great way to finish. Wow, what an inspiring story that is from Scott. Each time I listen to this episode, it truly does give me goosebumps. Scott, thank you so much for being so generous with your time and retelling and reliving your story with the Euphoria Health community. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Euphoria Health podcast, friends. It truly brings me great joy providing this content to you and seeing how much of an impact it is having on your life. If this show is adding value to your life, don't forget to leave a rating and review on iTunes and Spotify. Yep, Spotify have just introduced a rating and review section for podcasts and it would be greatly appreciated to hear feedback from you guys about how this show is impacting you. That's all I have for you for this week, friends. I hope that you have a fantastic rest of your week. Stay safe, stay happy, stay active, and I'll see you next time on the Euphoria Health Podcast. Bye for now.